0: Welcome to episode number 11 of the Talking Blues podcast. Today I am joined by Alex. He's here with us. And don't worry, we do have Peter as well. Peter is also joining us on today's podcast. Uh, It's been about five days since Alex's internet troubles, but he's back up and running. Um, He was back, I think, Friday afternoon or Friday night. So we could have waited a little longer, but no, we had to get that episode out. Uh, for all of you listening. And yeah, we have another one right now. So the Chelsea versus Manchester United game happened on Saturday uh, and it was uh, heavy rain, heavy rain. And I think that definitely contributed to the nil-nil draw that happened in that game. Gave, Gave a point to Chelsea. I think it's, I have to look at their last five games, but I think at least three out of the last five games for Chelsea has ended in a draw. So, you know, when we want to get points, we want to get points. And I guess we are getting some, but not in the way that we would want to. And then we're going to be able to preview a game. It's going to be Chelsea against Crosnador, and that'll be uh, UEFA Champions League uh, next, group stage, next group stage game for Chelsea. Uh, They obviously tied nil-nil in the last one. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, you know what? Let's start with Peter here. Peter, what did you think of the game against Manchester United for Chelsea? I think it's
1: good to see that we're having back-to-back clean sheets. That's really good to see. It shows that we're improving defensively as I think all the players are starting to jump more together. And obviously, it's much easier to keep a clean sheet when you don't have... And you have a really good goalkeeper that you can trust in Mendy. But that being said, although the defense has been doing really well, there's literally uh, non existent attack. We had a couple of chances. We, we should have gotten a penalty, but we can go into that later. But so we didn't have that much. We we weren't really a threat going forward, which is what like we were supposed to be. We're supposed to be a really good attacking team and a not good defensive team, but it like the roles were reversed. And I think that's something we kind of need to figure out. We need to find a balance between both of those things.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Peter. I think a nil no draw is better than a three-three tie that we've been seeing recently in West Brom and uh, at Southampton. So I think it's good. Um, to see our defense kind of shoring up, obviously kind of a couple of our new players in there with Ben Chilwell out there at left back, who looks much more solid than Marcus Alonso and also Tiago Silva slotting in next to Kurt Zuma, who I thought had an excellent game uh, against Manchester United, really commanding that back line. But uh, what I found very interesting is Frank did go with that three at the back um, at, uh, at Manchester United. So I think that was a decent – it gives us more cover on defense as Pelicueta kind of playing, you know, that right center back role where I think he really fits well with Reese James because Reese James obviously is kind of a weakness defensively and as Pelicueta assures uh, him up on that side of the field. And I really liked what I saw um, from the defense. And N'Golo Conte obviously uh, there with Jorginho. Only problem with the three um, – The three at the back is that you only have two midfielders and Jorginho kind of, um, you know, just doesn't have the pace per se to, you know, kind of fill that role, just in my opinion. But overall, I really liked what I saw. Um, Obviously, there were some weaknesses going forward, Um, you know, not the best game from Werner or uh, Havertz um, or even Pulisic, but, uh, you know, definitely good that we got on to the right foot um, defensively.
0: Yeah, so the only thing that I kind of didn't like from the 3-4-3 was that we'd still had Kai Havertz on kind of a wing role, but it was also an attacking uh, role. Uh, Chelsea and mainly Premier League clubs like to do a 4-3-3. Frank doesn't really know what formation he wants to do, but normally uh, he's putting Kai Havertz on the wing so far this season, and I don't like him there. I like him, uh, I, I think, that number nine uh, attacking midfield role. So, yeah, if he can get him there in most games, I think that would help. That would be good. And, uh, yeah, that was my only complaint that I would have from the formation. Besides that, I thought it was fine. That's the thing.
1: The thing is, I think he kind of went like that because you want to be more defensive, even though it's not necessarily, like, more defensive than a four at the back would be. You want to be more defensive, and the – the problem with that is then having wingbacks like that, there's less opportunities to have attacking players. So we only really had three attackers instead of necessarily, let's say having four, if Kai Havertz played as like a cam with a four at the back. And so it's like I kind of said before, you need to find a balance between being able to have the defensive stability and also be, uh, have the attack going forward.
2: Yeah. And the interesting thing um, with the 3-4-3 three, three that I really like, when we play either the 4-2-3-1, or the four-three-three, and we usually have Christian Pulisic and uh, either Kai Havertz or Mason Mount there on the other side of the wing. Mason Mount, obviously, we know, loves to come inside, um, kind of get to the center of the pitch, and Christian Pulisic often likes to play kind of like that pseudo striker role. So I often feel that we don't have enough width. Uh, width, sorry, I, I messed that. My words up there. Enough width um, for the play, and I feel like the wing backs really help with that. You can see Ben Chilwell and Reese James getting nice and wide um, for those crosses in. And I felt like um, they were able to do that without us getting exposed on defense and only having two center backs when we had three there um, with the addition of Aspilicueta back there in that back line.
1: I think, yeah, you pretty much, you pretty much summed it up perfectly. And I just saying Reese James is perfect in that role. That's his, he's just perfect there. Cause He's uh, he's a good defender, but he's not the best defender. He's perfect when he's, he can get the ball out wide and, and whip crosses, and he's such a good crosser that, this, that formation is perfect for him.
0: All right, so let's get into the game a little bit. I don't really have anything specifically that I would like to go through besides one thing, uh, and that would have to be that we should have had a penalty, and I'm not going to say we should have won this game because who knows how that penalty would have gone, who would have taken it, whatever, whatever, but – there was definitely there's definitely something wrong with this rain and that might have you know kind of impacted I don't know I'm I'm trying to give an excuse and trying to help the uh, the referee out in this one but yeah there was definitely a hold uh, I think it was on a cross to Cesar uh around the 40th minute and Harry Maguire basically tackled him he took him down uh, like from his arm chest. So cold. Uh, Chokehold. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Chokehold and hold it uh, and brought him down with him. No call. Uh, all the Chelsea players were, you know, had their hands in the air. They wanted to call and They got nothing. So I think that definitely should have been a penalty. And then the other thing that stood out to me was at least three great, great saves by Edward Mendy. Uh, what a great game for him. This is now two games in a row. Uh, where he allows zero goals and I think if Kepo reasonaga starting starting this one and, and I saw this all over Twitter that you know he would have gave up those three goals and it would have been a three nil win for Manchester United. So I just wanted to to put those two things out there. Yep. Pretty much Kepo
1: hundred I'd give him a chance to save them but I'd say most likely it would have been a 3-0 win because Mendy, those were great saves. Every single, every single one of those shots, I was like, every single time they had a shot in general, I was scared, even if it wasn't a bad shot, and that's just me being used to having Kepa in there. But now with Mendy, i can I'm a few more confident because you can see you can make those top-class saves that Keppa wasn't able to. And then also on your other point, that is 100% a pen. I don't understand how... They didn't even, like, think to look at it. It's, it's obvious. That's just, it's obvious. Like, how is that not a pen? It's a headlock. Like, what are you supposed to do there? Like, as the Quota can't get to the ball. There's no chance of him getting to the ball because he's just getting held in place. That, I mean, that's literally what a penalty is. He can't, he's not making a play on the ball. He's making a play on the player, holding him down, not letting him get to the ball and a scoring opportunity.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Peter, going back to the penalty, I guess. I mean, I or the penalty opportunity because it wasn't a penalty, um, according to the referees or, you know, they didn't even see it, um, presumably. But just I, I don't get how you don't review that on the VAR. That's kind of what it's there for. Right. Like it's <laughs> kind of the point of it. Um, and then on the other side of the field. um, Marcus Rashford kind of gets a little bit clipped after he passes the ball, probably like five seconds after he passed the ball, maybe not five seconds. I'm exaggerating a little bit, like two seconds. Um, And they review that with VAR, but not the headlock by Harry Maguire. It's just, you know, Man United, VAR. It's just, you know, they're they're friends, obviously. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to make any conspiracy theories out of it but i think that man united gets helped by the var a lot more um than they get hurt by it that's for sure
1: they don't call them far chesty united for nothing
2: exactly
0: <laughs> um so a few more things i want to get to and this kind of relates to last episode episode 10 if you haven't listened to that one already uh peter and i kind of went through a few games uh, that happened with chelsea the main one sevilla and then we previewed this game and in our lineups I think you had Olivier Giroud starting, and I had Timo Werner. Uh, even though Werner started a lot of games in a row for Chelsea and uh, for Germany when they're on international, and then you had uh, another big thing was you had Tony Rudiger starting uh, in this one, which I you know I would agree with you that he is the one of the best center backs on Chelsea. And what I'm what I think that this game showed is just kind of another example of how. Uh, Lampard just doesn't like Rudiger in the system right now. And I think it, it, it could be because he doesn't like him as a player. Um, something could be going on in training or he just is trying to get rid of him because they need to bring back some money that, that they spend over the summer. So I think that could be a big reason. Uh, and then you saw going back to Timo Werner that Frank did take him out and use uh, one of his three substitutions to take him out. They, he took the, uh, the two Germans out and Timo Werner and Kai Havertz and brought on Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham around the 70th minute. So just some stuff I wanted to point out uh, from last episode that we talked about.
1: I'm not, to your point, I'm not so sure if it's something necessarily with Tony Rudiger or anything going on behind the scenes, as it is more just Frank has a back line that he trusts now and that he likes in either Enchoa in on the left and then Zuma, Tiago a center backs, and Mendy at the back, and then either James or SP on the right. I think he's kind of, he doesn't want to change that up because they've been performing well. And I think he kind of just trusts in that. So I'm not so sure it's something that Rudiger isn't good Mm -hmm. as much as it is Frank just likes everyone else more.
2: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the defensive situation is going to be like uh, against Krasnodar um, in, you know, this midweek Champions League matchup because obviously um, there's another game at the weekend against Burnley. And we're going to have to prepare for that. Also, obviously, really needing the three points there. Um, So I'm going to be interested to see how Frank does it. Is he going to go three at the back again against, you know, a clearly weaker opposition? Um, And I think it's going to be uh, interesting what he decides. And this is really where it comes down to Frank needing to be, you know, a good manager, right? He needs to be able to you know, adjust his tactics. A tactic, sorry, um, based on the opponent we're playing. You know, Krasnodar obviously is a very big physical team, um, so that might be something to change in the tactical side um, of how we play. But yeah, it's going to be interesting what he does.
0: All right, so we now are going to play Krasnodar, and we'll almost start previewing that game. So Krasnodar is in what eighth in the Russian uh, Premier League table. They have. 18 points and that compares to the top team of Moscow which has 27 points. So I guess you can say that that's where they are in the Russian Premier League table. Obviously the Russian Premier League can't really compare that to the English Premier League. I think it's a little different team-wise. But um you know I I could just be saying that the Champions League game will be tomorrow or yeah if, whether this I think this episode will be coming out on uh, today on Tuesday. It's going to be tomorrow, at 1.55 p.m. Eastern time, which is 6.55 or, or 7, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the U.K. And every single team in Group E of the UEFA Champions League or in our group where Chelsea is um, all drew last week. So Cross the Door right now is in first in the Champions League, but every team has one point. So let's hope Chelsea gets the win here. Um, and I guess what we'll do is we'll start out with our we'll, – we'll go through our lineups here uh, that, we, that we're that we previewing for this game. Let's start with Alex, who he has in goal.
2: Um, in goal, I think we're going to roll with Edward Mendy again. I don't see anyone else getting a start in goal for a very long time, um, especially after that solid performance or incredible performance, really, against Manchester United. Um, I, I was kind of saying going between solid and amazing because obviously – we're with Kepa, so anything's amazing, but, uh, you know, just not conceding a goal is amazing, but he did make some pretty good saves. So I'm going to stick with amazing there. But yeah, Edward Mendy, I think will be uh, between the sticks.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we'll have to discuss this for a very long time unless there's an injury. I think he's kind of cemented himself as the goalie.
0: Yeah, I have Edward Mendy here as well. Um, and, and I think this has to be a win for, for Chelsea. We have to get that momentum rising once again. I mean, their last win came, I believe, what is it, like 20, 20 days ago? More than 20 days ago now. That was against Crystal Palace um, where we got a nice win there. But yeah, it's it's been a long time. So I think we'll go with formations now. I'm going to go with the four two three one. I think that's what Frank will run uh, against Crosador.
1: I agree. I think that's his preferred formation and he only switched it up against Man United because he wanted to be more solid defensively.
0: So I'm
2: going to be sticking with the 3-4-3 or the 3-5-2 kind of is what I'm going with. I actually have somewhat of an interesting plan here of what I'm, what I think Frank's going to do, but it's a little bit of a curveball.
1: Okay. I'll start and go into my center back or I'll do fullbacks. On the right, I think I'll have Reese James, who is just, we need some more attacking players over defensive players in this game, I think. We just need, we've shown that we're pretty compact defensively and kind of need to boost our attack a bit more. So I think having him there to whip some balls in is is going to do well. And then similarly on the left, I think Ben Chilwell, there's no chance he's going to not start anytime soon, kind of like Mendy, unless there's unless he gets injured, he's going to be there every single game.
2: Yeah, for my wing backs, I also have the same as Peter reached James and Ben Chilwell. Um, I was thinking about Marcus Alonso in there at the left hand side, um, kind of for that bigger stature. Um, and also, Ben Chilwell really needs a rest. And, you know, one thing I want to pull up here uh, talking about when I was talking about bigger stature with Marcus Alonso, uh, Krasnodar are a big, you know, physical team. And the coach is quoted, uh, their coach is quoted as saying, we must be evil. And show their nasty side so that shows me that they're looking for a physical game and I think that means um that they really I think we're going to need some of our bigger players more physical players and Marcus Alonso definitely fits that mold a little bit better than Ben Chilwell but I think he's still going to go with Ben Chilwell
0: yeah and I think you kind of know from the Russian Premier League that it is a very physical league and I mean, if you want to think about the only way that they can stop Chelsea, it's not going to be on the offensive side of the ball, I'll tell you that much. So they're definitely going to be, you know, trying to push around players, get them beat down. And then maybe when the ref's not looking, try to, you know, draw a foul and get them upset to then lead them to, to, you know, maybe lose uh, their focus on the game and and have the Chelsea players focus more on the players that, you know, trip them. Uh, you know behind the ref or something like that but anyway <laughs> moving on to my fullbacks I also have the same thing as you guys I have uh, Ben Chilwell on the left side and Reese James on the right side um, my right back position I'll go on to my center backs now and I think again Frank keeps the same and I I, I again you know want to put like a another player here I was thinking for Kyle Tamori but I'm not going to do that. I I was just thinking because maybe Frank wants to give them some rest, but I think you got to keep the same. And I think it's going to be Tiago Silva and Kurt Zuma.
1: I personally, I think Tiago Silva is going to get a rest. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does stick the same just to keep, since it's been doing so well, I think it's going to be Kurt Zuma and Fagaya Tamari in there.
2: So with my three at the back, I agree with you, Peter, that, Tiago Silva will be uh, taking a rest uh, for this Champions League matchup in order to be ready for the weekend against Burnley. So I'm going to go with Kurt Zuma, um, Andreas Christensen, and Cesar Azpilicueta uh, as my three at the back. But, um, yeah, moving into my two-man midfield, um, I'm going to go with Angolo Conte and Mateo Kovacic. Uh, I think Jorginho gets the rest after um, that long game at uh, Manchester United.
1: I think in my midfield, I think it's gonna we're gonna give Conte a break. He's been working really hard. He's played, I think, almost every game, if not every game. So I think the two the two holding midfielders are gonna be Kovacic and Jorginho, and then my the attacking midfielder. I think Havertz has been playing a lot. I think he's gonna get a break. So I think Mason Mount, not starting last game, he'll start at the attacking role.
0: All right, so first I want to comment on actually that, uh, Peter, since you have Fakayo Tamori on, I'm interested in why you picked him over Christensen. If you don't have an an excuse why, it's fine. But we did see Christensen, uh, Frank choosing him earlier in the season. Because
1: I don't know if it's particularly what Frank's going to do, but I'd rather see Tamori get some experience in a Champions League game for his development.
0: Got it. I'm perfect. That's a perfect answer. So um, what I'm going to have here uh, in the holding midfielders, I'm going to have Jorginho uh, and then I'm going to have Kovacic starting. I want Kovacic starting. We haven't seen him starting uh, for Chelsea in a while now and I want to see him start. I think he's a really good player and we talked about him last episode. Again, I'm going to reference to it, but uh, that, that he was the man of the year last year for Chelsea. He was the player of the year, and yet he hasn't started many games this season. So I want to him, see him start there. Uh, and then the attacking, I'm going to go left side, uh, is going to be Christian Pulisic. I think we will start there. The attacking midfielder, I, I agree, Peter. I think that Havertz will get a break. We'll have Mason Mount. And on the right wing side, I think I've been wrong about this twice now. I think Ziyech will start this game i i hope so at least I, I want him to see him start a game because then that means he's you know fit and ready and healthy uh and he didn't i believe no he did come on against manchester united right another late sub like in the 80th minute or something like that
1: i agree with you josh i think uh, zh is gonna get his first start also i'm pretty sure frank said that he's he was he's very close now to being able to uh uh, his getting his fitness level up to enough to get a start. And I think he'll start there. And I think Polisic will get a rest after kind of getting a knock. And I think Hudson-Odoi will play it on the left.
2: So for me, this was a difficult decision when I was saying, oh, maybe three, five, two, I was thinking about uh, having two strikers up there. Um But I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with the three, four, three on the left side. um I am going to have Mason Mount and on the right side, I agree. I'm with you guys that Hakeem Ziyech will be starting his first game, or first official game, uh, if you don't count the friendly, uh, as a Chelsea player. But, uh, yeah, I think for the striker, I have Timo Werner getting a rest because he's been playing every single game. And I think Tommy Abraham comes in, and, you know, we talked about physicality. 6'5 is pretty nice and physical, and I think he goes up there with all these creative players, Hakim Ziyech, uh, Mason Mound, who can really, you know, give some nice balls into him along with the fullbacks, Ben Chowell and uh, Reese James. And I think he can definitely will be a nice aerial threat in there um, with the door back line. So I really like him starting. Um, and I think we'll see Timo Werner get a well-deserved rest.
1: Personally, for me, up top, I think I, I thought he was going to play last game. So I'll stick with it again. I think we'll see Gir, uh, Giroux in there. Especially if Ziyech uh and James are both out there on the wing. They're he's great a great aerial player, great at taking balls down and getting shots off, great at headers. And I think having two really, really dangerous creative players out there who are really good at crossing will give him some uh give him some uh, a good chance to score some goals from the air.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have Tammy Abraham as well. Uh Alex took my point right out of right out of my hand, so I think that <laughs> that Tammy Abraham needs to start because I think Timo Werner needs a rest. And I think that's why we're going to have him start this game. And um, yeah, I think that concludes for our lineups. It's going to be once again, cross the door against Chelsea, UEFA Champions League game. Let's get a win. Let's get a win. Our last one was in the beginning of October. It's on the end of October. It's a Champions League group stage match. Let's get a win. Let's get on top of our table. Uh, what is it? Group, group E let's get on top of group E. All right. So I think that's going to be all uh, that wraps up episode 11 of the talking blues podcast. Go follow us on Twitter at talking blues pod. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple podcast, iTunes, or wherever you listen. I mean, if you're going to give us a five-star rating and review, you might as well subscribe as well, wherever you're listening. Um, and then share with at least one friend, share with friends and family and share on your Twitter, tag us at Talking Blues. Um, And that would be perfect. So that wraps up again. I'm going to say it again. Third time, that wraps up episode number 11 of Talking Blues. I've been your host, Josh, joined by my two co-hosts, Alex and Peter. Goodbye.